and welcome to uh, Back Chat uh, with me, Jim Gould, and your co-host today is uh, James Ockenden. And in this uh, back chat, we're going to be turning our attention uh, away from uh, the coronavirus, which we were talking about uh, extensively before nine o'clock. And we'll be looking ahead uh, at this year's uh, budget. Um, just before I introduce uh, our uh, two guests for this uh, part of the programme, uh, for this back chat, I'm just going to read out uh, an email here from uh, listener Anthony. says... Uh, uh, re responding to earlier. Dear coronavirus team, I find it baffling that people in Bangkok and the surrounding area can move around freely with mini minimal restrictions uh, such as 10pm uh, restaurant closures while we in Hong Kong continue to be traumatised by the daily COVID announcements and restrictions imposed by our well-meaning officials who appear to be floundering while the restaurant, bar, gym, beauty spas and other businesses are driven to bankruptcy with uh, no epidemic fund subsidies yet forthcoming since the shutdown on 7th of January. Most uh, shockingly, children are again deprived of schooling, while many international uh, studies confirm this is unnecessary. Uh, my wife has been stuck in the Bangkok uh, uh, Saraburi area for six months, and neither she nor her friends seem to be in the least bit affected by COVID, and then they are all free to travel without the burden of quarantine upon their return. How is this possible, and when will Hong Kong get out of this hopeless mess that from Anthony uh, thank you um, Anthony um, we are focusing on the economy in this uh, edition of uh, back chat and we'll be talking about um, no doubt efforts to, uh, to to try to support the economy um, and uh, and businesses and individuals uh, affected by covid restrictions and so on uh, we're joined now um, on the line uh, by Stanley Ho, who's a tax partner with uh, KPMG China, and also Dr. Rita Lee, Associate Professor at the uh, Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Xuyan University. Um, good morning to you both. Uh, 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 Stanley Ho, um, thanks for joining us. So uh, KPMG uh, yesterday uh, released its uh, uh, predictions um, and suggestions for the budget. Uh, would you just like, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, uh, just to remind us uh, of the main points points there. Thank you, Jim. Uh, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, KPMG uh, forecast the Hong Kong government will record a uh, $37 billion of budget deficit uh, for 2021-22. Uh, it beats the previous uh, estimate uh, for $102 billion deficit. Uh, the, the reason being is, is a, a better-than-expected revenue from land-related transactions. Uh, in particular, the FS original forecast a 98 billion of land-related income for the 12 months ending March this year, but the government just uh, recorded 120 billion uh, December last year, so already meet the target, uh, see the target for 20 percent, uh, and also the stamp duty revenue increase because of the adjustment of stock stamp duty rate back in summer 2021, and and all in all, uh, we we estimate the fiscal reserve to stand at uh, almost 900 billion by the end of March this year, which is equivalent to 50 months of government expenditure. In short, uh, we think the fiscal position remains healthy and the government could do more uh, uh, and use that reserve to help the society and, and boost the economy. Um, we, we do have uh, uh, very quickly three suggestions uh, for, for the government. 
Um, and and before that, uh, we we welcome uh, the, the sixth round of uh, anti-academic funds announced uh, yesterday. And in, in in particular, we agreed uh, to the targeted approach uh, adopted by the government to help the uh, corporation and individual that are hard hit by the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. in our three suggestion, we also uh, uh, align with the government position to be very targeted. So, uh, let me let me quickly say the three suggestion first. We, 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 we suggest the government to launch another round of ESS, which is the Employment uh, Support Scheme. Uh, and, and people may recall is basically reimburse corporate for paying salary and keep uh, the jobs alive and, and avoid uh, redundancy. So, uh, but we suggest it would be targeted for industry like uh, catering, entertainment, and gym. Uh, second of all, we suggest uh, a one-off subsidies for loss-making company up to 100,000 Hong Kong dollars. And third, uh, we, we, we suggest to launch another round of the electronic consumption voucher uh, with, with 5,000 Hong Kong dollars. But again, different from last year, uh, we suggest a portion of that voucher should be used uh, on targeted sector like catering entertainment. Oh, that's, uh, how would that work exactly? Right. Uh, I think we we could uh, we could uh, uh, allocate, let's say, uh, uh, a portion for general consumption because I, I understand some of the citizens may uh, may have a concern that they want to spend it on transport or, or general uh, grocery buying. Uh, but I think with the uh, with last year experience and and already the uh, the I think the. Uh, uh, the technology already up to speed. Uh, each of the electronic wallet could, could actually split into different pockets, so that um, there there, sh- there could be a, a separate pocket uh, for for the consumption voucher, which uh, mm-hmm. which account for a portion of it. Uh, could only be used, let's say, in a catering business or or entertainment, like going to a movie or going to a spa. So I think from a technology point of view, is is is, is doable. And I think uh, last year we already on board. Uh, over four millions of users with the electronic payment platform. I think if we go another round, uh, we, we should think uh, we should think out, outside the box. Okay, um, um, interesting. Uh, so, uh, Rita Lee, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. So, if uh, KPMG is uh, correct and the the deficit figure is thirty seven billion, that's much less than uh, had been uh, predicted. Uh, so, does that mean the the FS is going to have uh, uh, more room for largesse? Well, uh, I think I think actually for hello. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. So, I yeah, think I think the, the budget. Yeah, I think the budget deficit of a nine billion dollar is uh, is uh, uh, that it happened in twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, and with a very large amount of the fiscal uh, reserves of like nine hundred and and eighteen point six billion dollars mm-hmm. that expected uh, uh, in around like thirty uh, first of March twenty twenty two. So in that sense, actually, we still have got a very large room for us to like uh, to provide like um, the voucher. Uh, by the time that, for example, if you ask anybody on the street uh, or anybody that you that that surrounds you, 
I think majority of us uh, are looking forward to another round of electronic voucher where uh, we may expect that there will be more or less similar to that mass that was given in the last uh, in the last year because uh, of the fact so, that there are a lot of the industries that they were actually seriously affected and is uh, under very serious condition now because uh, if you try to read the record about like uh, the tourism uh, related uh, companies that they have already got uh, one thousand of them that they uh, that they they have closed uh, because of uh, after the uh, one hundred of them that they were closed after the pandemic. And then uh, we also have got a lot of uh, some of the restaurants they were announced to be like closed for a while or they actually closed. So having uh, read all these uh, reports, etc., we think that, well, if you try to compare the budget deficits of last year and so as a fiscal reserve, uh, we actually have got a very large room for, uh, for hosting some of the similar uh, similar uh, uh, policies as last year, including uh, including uh, uh, what we can supplement as like uh, the KPMG. We we actually agree with the KPMG's uh, uh, suggestions, and we also consider that actually uh, they may provide uh, some of the. Um, uh, uh, they may actually the government may waive the rates for long domestic properties, like what we have done from uh, 2021 to 2022. And so as like domestic properties for uh, for certain ceiling, like say for instance, uh, 1,500 per, uh, per quarter uh, in the first two quarters, for example. So this may be able to uh, relieve uh, the, uh, those that they, uh, 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 for those like they have got the uh, properties rent out. And then uh, so that I think, uh, well, we actually have got a large room for like helping all the industries that they were uh, they, that they suffer uh, a lot more than the others, uh, like uh, restaurants, uh, tourism, and so as, uh, uh, so as like gymnasium, uh, that sort of companies. What do you think the, the handouts or the, the, the voucher idea is doing for like inflation? Is it, it, uh, firstly, are people going to expect this every year, even when the pandemic is over? Do you think this is something that's going to be in our income now? And when it's missing, we're going to miss it? Actually, I think uh, we, uh, I mean, uh, the pandemic, I think uh, actually we must do something uh, to save some of the industries because uh, we, we all know that we have got a, uh, we, we, uh, once that there are some of the economic pillars that they have got problem, they only have, not only affect them, but also affect other industries. So say, for instance, you're working for restaurants and then you lose a job. And then uh, you will not buy things from like uh, other restaurants, or you will not buy things from other electronic uh, companies, or you will not uh, 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 you will not uh, buy other like, for example, um, uh, 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 for example, clothes, and then uh, less transportation. So it means that uh, falling down of one pillar, it has got a detrimental effect on all the all the other uh, sectors. So that's why that uh, we have to do something, given that we still have got money left. We still have got a lot of money left. So missing one part of the income, it does not mean that we uh, we miss a lot. But, uh, the, the, uh, but the overall impact, if we have got one pillar that have got problem, and now it is not just one pillar, we, we can see that it is like restaurants, uh, tourism, and even those like shopping centers, shops, uh, that, is a, uh, that they were seriously affected and is seriously affected too. So um, I think uh, missing some income here is, is uh, doable. The anti-epidemic fund sixth round is just out. What's your, what's your view of that? And is that, that's like a mini budget in a, in a way, isn't it? 
Well, yes, uh, actually, I think uh, we, uh, for, the, uh, for the budget we can, uh, for the uh, uh, academic fund, then of course it is, uh, it is still uh, doable because of the, uh, of the uh, items that we have mentioned. So uh, we think that, well, actually, if we talk about like those uh, uh, industries that we can save, uh, that uh, at least, at least afterwards that we can still see it there. As otherwise, then, uh, well, the number of the shops that they, if they are, once they are gone, for example, uh, they may go, they may run away permanently. So say, for instance, some of the shops that they close in Hong Kong, for example, especially for those like foreign uh, companies, if they find another place that they can earn a lot more money, and then once they settle that uh, in other cities or other countries, they may not move it back. So this is a long-term consideration as well. So uh, saving them for a short period of time can have got a long-term in- impact on that, mm. on our own, own economy. Okay, uh, another message uh, here from uh, Kim on our Facebook page. Says, uh, she says, new isolation facilities, exclamation mark. What a waste of money, just like the money spent on our airport expansion, which will not be required thanks to our COVID policy restrictions. People are leaving for good and tourists aren't coming. Uh, uh, well, um, what do you think? What, what, what do I guess? Think? I, I mean, hopefully... Uh, the pandemic will be uh, ended sooner rather than later. Um, ha- how quickly do you think the economy may be recover may recover once it reopens? And um, and what about that point? What about the airport? The, the, the third runway is uh, is coming online in the not too distant future. Um, um, are we in a position to uh, to return to uh, full capacity as a regional aviation hub? Uh, Rita? Well, for- yeah, Rita. Oh. Well, for the uh, uh, aviation hub uh, problem, <laughs> this one it is um, uh, it depends on uh, a number of factors. Like for example, whether or not that some companies that they have uh, uh, changed their main location to other uh, to other places, and then uh, there may be some other factors like whether or not that the close border policy is uh, is uh, that it only takes place in uh, in our city but not in other cities. So uh, if like majority that they are opening uh, border. And then uh, for a very long time, like for example, uh, two years, then uh, we may actually have got a risk in that. But if we have got some other policies, like for example, the, uh, we have got some subsidy or some other policies that is complementing uh, one another, then this sort of things we may not really have got a, a long-term impact. So it depends on how we uh, how we do and uh, in the future, how we try to attract the other, uh, the others in the future. Uh, so this is a, um, I would say that we, we, we would just uh, say that uh, it depends on how we, um, uh, how we deal with uh, the, uh, uh, the tourists, etc. in the, uh, in the future and what sort of things that it may cover, it, it may attract them, uh, including like, for example, uh, the international conferences uh, uh, and also some other activities then it may uh, change the whole scenario. Uh, Stanley, uh, back in the UK when it's budget day, there's only three things that people really care about, and that's the price of beer, cigarettes and petrol, and there's sort of the, uh, the headlines that come out of budget day. It's very different in Hong Kong. You know, people are talking about stamp duty and uh, other sort of uh, start-up investments. So, I mean, w- what accounts for that? Do you think people just, uh, the cost of living is sort of generally lower here, so, so those items aren't as important? Now, uh, and I, I think um, uh, the focus on, on budget or the, the general population's 
uh, uh, attention to the budget, uh, upcoming budget, uh, would be more uh, how, how much uh, support that the government could provide to them. And I think addressing to your early question about uh, whether the consumption voucher will make it a, uh, a recurring one, uh, my personal view is it may not because uh, the consumption voucher have the unique uh, purpose uh, that it has to be spent locally and also it has uh, a time limit because if, if you don't spend it, you would expire. So there, there is a very specific and, and limited scope. But again, in the, in the COVID time, it served the purpose to boost the local economy without the, uh, the foreign investment or the foreign tourists. So uh, if the COVID uh, situation is managed and we, 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 got, we, we, are, we are back to the normal, I think uh, the general population would, would, would rather, some of them would rather save the money or have more flexibility, let's say, going abroad for, for, for a trip to Japan. So I think uh, the, the citizen attention or the, the, uh, the will shift, and I don't think the consumption voucher would be a recurring one. Um, and again, for, for this year's budget, I think uh, the deficit position may not uh, is, is something that uh, a population, uh, a citizen would, would, would expect. But again, uh, going back uh, to the huge reserve and also on top of reserve, there are other tools like the future funds that could be utilized. Uh, a citizen is generally asking for uh, what sort of support the government can do more to, to help the people and the economy. So I think it, it is the main top agenda for, for Paul Chen uh, in this upcoming budget. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, reserves of uh, uh, $900 billion. I mean, that's, that's back close to how they were before the pandemic began, is it? Yes, yes, and I think I think this is a, a very natural question to be raised. Uh, uh, seems like we 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 go through the fourth fourth wave, and we are in the fifth wave. And and it, 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 looking back, we 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 still have a huge reserve, or the reserve is not dramatically dropped down. And looking back to the SARS time, our reserve is only two hundred billion, and and it were we were only left with two hundred billion. Now we will be panicking, and we are a few more uh, flip or few more flow of the. Uh, times of the budget, uh, the reserve that we are having. So we are not worrying about uh, money. We should be worrying about how to help the people now. Uh, help the people and, and also to support businesses. I'm think, thinking about the catering industry, restaurants, bars, uh, the tourism sector. Um, I mean, the, the, there's a new round, uh, you know, which we've mentioned of the uh, anti-epidemic fund. Uh, but, mm. uh, but, but would you support uh, more targeted uh, intervention and support? Oh yes, I mean taking taking catering as example. If you look at the the AES six round, uh, they they might be getting subsidy uh, from uh, hundred thousand to five hundred thousand. But if you are running a, a restaurant business, this 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 hundred thousand uh, is not going to help you for a, for a long time. So it might help you for first month, second month, and and if you look back to the history of the fourth wave. Uh, fourth wave of, uh, of, of COVID that Hong Kong encounter, we usually take 190 to 100 days to, to recover to back to the zero case. And, and not to mention the fifth wave is now we are having a low kind of a local outbreak. So one may expect is more than the 100 days norm that we are, uh, we are experiencing in the past. It might be a few months, it might be even up to half a year. So, uh, so the AEF is going to help part of it, and 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 I think uh, maybe the government should re review it again. Let's say after two or three months and see whether there's more uh, AEF or the seven round AEF should be introduced, or even the ESS that I just mentioned. The AEF is actually quite generous for, uh, for example, science park tenants. 
or PMQ is getting a million dollars handout. It seems that perhaps these aren't the people really in need. Uh, do you think there's a skew to some sort of favoured industry? I mean, the science part, presumably, they're actually benefiting from, from the, the, the pandemic in terms of scientific and research development. I think, I think, of course, uh, the, the catering and entertainment is closer to the heart of, of the general citizen because that's the, their everyday life, right? But I, I think, uh, I mean, we, we shouldn't be overlooking those uh, uh, creative and art and innovation industry. They are also uh, being big hit because the, since the closure of the border, you don't have uh, the big events like the rugby sevens or, or the, the performance arts or, or even the tourists. So they are also being, being big hit. Uh, and, and most of them are, are not uh, maybe have a minimal fixed salary. Let so, me ask you about the. Can, can I ask you about the sort of the budget as a policy plan rather mm. than a fiscal plan? Because I saw in the budget consultation, climate change was mentioned right at the bottom on page thirty-seven, really mm. like an afterthought tacked on. Is the government missing a trick here to actually you know develop some better policies on climate change, on smoking, on public health to actually? engineer um you know changes through the through the budget or is it purely a fiscal exercise well i think uh, i think i think uh, the, the uh, fs is well aware of it i think uh last year he, he did introduce uh, uh the, the issue in green bonds and also have a subsidies for people uh, for corporate uh, uh setting up uh similar uh, uh green bonds in, in hong kong and i think of course there's more measure uh, uh, or policy that could be introduced by the HKMA or the the, um, the 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 Hong Kong EX about the ESG thing. Uh, and again, this is this uh, looking back is, is is also an opportunity for Hong Kong because if investor is more concerned ESG and if Hong Kong have a have a good ESG policy, it's actually facilitate the asset management and, and the fundraising industry in Hong Kong and, and boost the economy as well as adding more jobs. So, so I would put it in a positive note that it's not. Of course, it's important to to uh, to keep our earth safe and, and a good living uh, place. But but on the other hand, is is Hong Kong has a unique position on that. Okay, well, thank you uh, both uh, very much for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. Uh, that was Stanley Ho, who's a, a tax partner at KPMG China. And thank you also to Dr Rita Lee, Associate Professor at the Department of uh, Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Xuyan University. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, uh, speak to you again um, after the budget to see... Uh, see how, um, what the reaction is to the measures which will be announced by the Financial Secretary uh, in, next week on Wednesday uh, in the budget speech at 11am next Wednesday. And now, for the last five minutes of Back Chat, time to turn our attention to something else. <laughs> And we're joined by our sports reporter, Atom Jung, to bring us up to date with the Beijing Winter Olympics. Good morning, Atom. Good morning. So, uh, Atom, lots of attention on the Russian figure skater, Camilla Valieva. That's right, yeah. She's been cleared to uh, compete in today's women's individual event. Uh, that actually gets underway tonight. And uh, she's now obviously the favorite because she was so dominant in the team event when she pulled off two quadruple jumps, becoming the first woman to do that at the Olympics. But this is very controversial because she's cleared to compete by the Court of Arbitration for Sport, but yet she's not cleared uh, from doping. So... 
uh, and it's controversial also because she failed the drug test uh, more than a month ago, but then the result was only revealed uh, just after she won the team event. So I'm wondering what would happen now if she ends up winning the individual event because the IOC hasn't even handed out the, the medals for the team event. So this is a very messy situation. Uh, there has been a little bit of sympathy for Valieva because she's only 15. Uh, so, so a bit of sympathy for her, but uh, probably not for the Russian Olympic program, given their history of uh, doping violations. Mm. Okay, and then uh, uh, we had a French duo um, winning the winning the ice dance. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about that because they did it in a in a world record score. So they are the French team of uh, Gabriela Papadakis and Guillaume Cicerone. This is special for them because four years ago uh, they should have won gold in Pyeongchang, but uh, Gabriella's dress uh, broke during her performance. So they had points deducted and they ended up taking silver behind Canada. The Canadian team retired after winning that gold medal, so the French team took advantage and uh, they delivered in a record-breaking style. Okay, and Atom, uh, a fifth gold medal for China. That's right, a fifth uh, gold medal. This came in the freestyle skiing a women's aerial that was won by Xu Meng Tao. Uh, this is actually China's first gold in the event since it was added to the Games back in Lillehammer in 1994. Uh, China now have a total of five gold medals. Three of them have come in the uh, freestyle skiing. China's five golds also match their best total uh, in Vancouver in 2010. Mm, good, and, and you also have some news of the women's hockey? Yeah, I just want to uh, confirm to everyone that yes, the gold medal match will indeed be between the US and Canada. Uh, both teams won through uh, yesterday very comfortably. Canada beat Switzerland 10-3. The US uh, won 4-1 over Finland. So I just find it interesting that Canada have been able to score so many goals in a hockey program that takes a lot of pride in playing to defensive hockey, but they've been ruthless so far. Very strong side. And uh, looking ahead to today, so uh, Gu Ailing is in action again. Yes, that's right. Gu Ailing will be uh, competing in the final of the free ski slope style. Uh, that's actually about to get underway. Uh, the event had been affected by the blizzard in Beijing, uh, but the qualifiers went ahead yesterday. And Gu Ailing uh, made a strong second run to uh, you know, she she did just enough to get to the final, and that was what happened to her too in the big air event. And she went on to win gold in that final. So uh, it'd be interesting if she can uh, repeat that uh, on the slope. Now the slope style is an obstacle course. Uh, I I find it more fun to watch because the competitor actually get to decide on the fly if they want to do more difficult tricks. So what sort of tricks do they have to do down there? Yeah, they have to like you know slide along the pipe or uh, make jumps in between the. Bumps, and so they have some time to decide and, and to position their bodies for the move they want to make. Yeah. So yeah, there's one set up like a, looks like a little temple or something like that. Is that uh, you know just in keeping with the style? Yeah, exactly. So they're, so they're going along a course, and they're really it's kind of like skateboard. It's it's the same, but they're doing it on snow. And so, sort of making moves on the fly, whereas the the big air is sort of like one jump. You sort of go into it knowing what you want to do, but the slope style, you are 